But we have been going through the Sermon on the Mount, and in chapter 5, in the last uh, several paragraphs that we've been reading, we've been talking about uh, six different illustrations of the kind of righteousness that God wants uh, to be exemplified in his kingdom. Now, he started with Beatitudes, and Beatitudes are, are just the beginning of this. I mean, they, they uh, wrap up the entire uh, meaning, the entire purpose uh, and drive of the Sermon on the Mount, and then everything just kind of builds on top of that. The, the Beatitudes really are the foundation for everything that's being taught. And so he goes through the Beatitudes talking about uh, true righteousness and, and being the kind of, of people that, uh, that God has saved us to be. And then it moves on to, uh, to the law and, and what law the purpose has served in times past and how it serves now. And, uh, and then built upon that, uh, that structure, uh, he begins to add on uh, and give some illustrations of how we are to act and how we are to behave in this world. And, uh, and so he's given six illustrations. We've talked about anger. We've talked about uh, adultery. We've talked about... Uh, taking oaths, we've talked about forgiveness, we've talked about all these different things, but here we are uh, in this last one. We're looking today at the Christian and his enemies. The Christian and his enemies. Raise your, raise your hand if you've ever had enemies in your life. Oh, we've all had those, haven't we? Uh, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you have enemies right now, but we have all had enemies. And, you know, Paul even told Timothy that if you live godly in Christ, you are going to suffer persecution. And so uh, there is going to be some persecution involved when we live out this kingdom, uh, when we begin to shape and pattern our lives after Christ. Uh, the world hated him, and they're going to hate us. Uh, the world did not like the way that he lived. They did not like his principles, and they're not going to like it uh, when we start prancing around showing those principles as well. I mean, uh, they're, they're going to be offended. And as a matter of fact, the end of the, the Beatitude says, blessed are those that are persecuted. And then he turns around and makes it personal. He says, and blessed are you when they persecute you as well. And so there is that side. There is going to be persecution when we live for Christ. And it's something that we're just going to have to, uh, to live through and something that we're going to have to endure. But Jesus tells us here how to handle those enemies, how to, uh, how to handle those that resist us. And really this paragraph, uh, when I say that, I'm talking about verses 43 through 48, really goes right along with, uh, with 38 through 42 as well, where in, in last week's message we saw where Jesus says, don't resist evil. And the fact that evil was not just evil in general, but it's specifically talking about the evil person that is working against you or striving against you. He says, don't resist the evil. Don't, don't resist what they do to you. Uh, but instead, you know, he, he shows some way to respond. If they slap you, you turn the other cheek, let them slap you there. Uh, if, uh, you know, if they do this or do that, you know, he, he shows different ways on how to respond uh, to that type of persecution or to the evil that may be done. Well, the paragraph that we, we're discussing today, this sixth illustration on enemies, just, just builds right on uh, what he set for us last week. And uh, we're just going to look real quickly at uh, three different things from the verses today. Now, the first thing that we have is the instruction in verses 43 through 44. And to go ahead and read that with me, it says, You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which spitefully use you and persecute you. Uh, in this final illustration of righteousness, Jesus makes one more correction to the faulty interpretations of their religious leaders in the day. Uh, and for those of you who haven't been in on all this, we've been looking 
uh, on every single one of these illustrations uh, that Jesus starts in on. It starts with uh, verse 21, but at every one, he starts out with, you've heard that it has been said of old times. And uh, he's not... He's not debating the law. He's not debating God's Word or the Old Testament in any way. What he is debating is uh, the teachings, the faulty teachings that uh, had been brought in and and, uh, the loopholes that they had built around the true meaning, the true spirit of the law. And he's preaching against legalism and he's preaching against uh, people misusing the Scriptures and the wrong teachings that they had uh, received throughout the years. Now, obviously, like many of the commandments, they had twisted this truth here uh, to fit their own agendas and to justify their own anger. This instruction that they had received to love their neighbors and hate their enemies must have seemed uh, patriotic, maybe as the nation of Israel. They had been taught uh, to to love their neighbors. Well, who would their neighbors be? Well, their neighbors would be their fellow fellow citizens uh, of Israel. And uh, and to, to love their neighbors, but to hate, their enemies, and at the time that Jesus was talking here, they had some enemies who had uh, had infiltrated uh, the nation of Israel at the time. They had the Romans who were very ungodly. They were paganistic. They were brutal, and all these things. They had other citizens, uh, Greeks that had come in and moved in and brought their uh, worldly stuff into the country. And so maybe, uh, as the nation of Israel, maybe this this may have felt patriotic that we love our neighbors but we hate our enemies. And America has taken on uh, some of the wrong mentality there as well as time has gone on. Uh, we must be very, very careful the way that, uh, that we talk about uh, those who have come into our country. Listen, if America still is God's nation, there may be a reason why God is bringing people from outside in, on the inside. Uh, maybe this is where he wants them to be introduced to the gospel, and so we need to be very careful in the way that we, uh, as Americans, uh, even though we may sound patriotic or feel patriotic in doing it, uh, we must look at what God may be wanting to do uh, in those that he's brought into our nation. Maybe they felt like this was righteous indig- indignation, uh, that they could justify this by saying, uh, well, I hate my enemies because they hate God. Uh, David even said that in one of the Psalms. He said, I hate those I hate you. And uh, maybe they looked at that psalm and said, uh, and said yeah, you see, this is right. Uh, those people that hate God, it's, it's okay for us to hate them. We can love our neighbors who love God, but we'll hate those uh, who, don't, uh, who don't love God, and then we're justified in doing so. Maybe it just felt good to hate their enemies. And I think this is where our, our danger really is going to come in the most, because those people who have done wrong against us, those people who are maybe sabotaging us at work or those people who, uh, who maybe criticize us uh, for our faith or whatever that is, uh, those enemies that work against us, maybe it just feels good to hold hate in our hearts towards them. And so we may read this verse and say, hey, that sounds okay to me. Love your neighbors. Uh, Jesus said love your neighbors, but you can hate your enemies. Well, in contrast to this poor teaching, uh, Jesus gave four commands of his own. This is what you're supposed to do with enemies. He says this in verse uh, 30, or excuse me, 44. He says four things here. I say unto you, number one, love your enemies. Number two, bless them that curse you. Blessing and cursing are two opposite things. Don't curse those that curse you. He says bless them. Seek a blessing upon their lives. Pray goodness to come into their household. Do good to them that hate you. And fourth of all, pray for them which despitefully use 
and persecute you. Now, all this is self-explanatory. I don't feel like I need to go in and discuss each one. I, I don't have to tell you what it means to love your enemy or to bless them that curse you or do good to them that hate you or pray for those that despitefully use and persecute you. The question, though, that is floating in all of our minds this morning is, is just simply, why? <laughs> why? Jesus, why did you have to say that? You could have said anything this morning. You could have told us, uh, listen, don't slap somebody when they slap you back, but you can hate them all you want to in your heart. Jesus didn't say that, though, did he? He says, love your enemies and and bless the ones that are cursing you and and do good to them and so on and so forth. Pray for them. And, uh, And we may just wonder, why did you have to say that? In the previous illustration, we were told not to resist evil people. In other words, don't push back. The word resist means to push. And so when people push you, you don't push back. When you're shoved by others, you don't shove back. You don't retaliate is what he uh, taught them in the last section. And now we're being told to love them. You see, the thing that we find here is that I can choose not to retaliate without having to love somebody. You see, if, if someone shoves me, and I'm just using this as the illustration, if someone shoves me, automatically my blood pressure goes up, right? And uh, all my muscles start to flex, and I am ready to shove back as hard as I can. Okay, but, but at that moment, I get shoved, and maybe it's through something they said, or maybe it's through something they've done. I'm just using the shoving thing as an example. But, but I get shoved, and, and uh, I step back for a second, and, and then Jesus says, oh, don't retaliate. And so I just hold it all in, and I say, all right, I'm not going to shove them back but man, I'm going to hate them for the rest of my life. And I'm going to shove them in here, right? All right, well, well, just in case anybody had this misunderstanding, Jesus blew right past that and he said, oh, and by the way, don't hate them in here either. When they slap you and you physically turn the other cheek, don't be slapping them in your head. Don't retaliate physically, but you're not to hold disregard for them in here either. And so it's not just about what we do physically or what we do verbally back to those who have acted out against us, but it's what we feel in our hearts. And then we are to return something to them. And that's what we're going to find as we continue on. Now listen, somebody slaps you on the cheek, you do get to give them something back. It's just not what you want to give them back. But we're going to get to that a little bit later. But, but first of all, we... we, we we reserve that, that urge to, to punch back or to strike back or to push back. We hold that in. We submit that to God. But then he wants to do something else uh, in that situation. And we're going to get to that here in just a little bit. Now we look in, verse, uh, in verses 45 through 47 and we find the reason. Why do we have to love them? Why do we have to be good to them? Why do we have to pray for those that are, are doing all these things against us? Well, look at verse 5. He says this just very simply, the first part. He says that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. You see, my citizenship, as we talked about last week, my citizenship here has been forfeited. When I trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, my my citizenship on earth, I gave that up. My rights to slap back were given up that day. My right to push back and shove back and hate others and and act worldly and act through the flesh and and, and through what I desire in my body, I gave up all those rights. And the day that I trusted Christ, I became a citizen of heaven. And by heaven's rules, I don't get to act like I used to. 
Those rights were all forfeited. Those rights were all given up. I'm now a child of God, and I'm a citizen of heaven. I want to ask you a question this morning. Aren't you glad that when you had sinned against God, when you had, had spat in His face, that He did not retaliate against you? Aren't you thankful for God's grace and mercy and love and the fact that uh, when we sin against God, He immediately could have just struck us all down, done away with every one of us? But He did not retaliate. He didn't strike back. But instead, he, he withheld his wrath and anger that he could have just automatically poured out on us. And instead, he, he reacted with goodness and kindness and salvation. You see, when people shove us, they push us, they speak evil against us, and so on and so forth, uh, we respond with kindness. And, and when we do that, what we're doing is, is we're just acting like our father. I'm not acting like my father. Somebody may look at me. Why, why don't you shove them back? Why don't you talk back? Why don't you say this against them? Because my dad don't do that. My father in heaven doesn't act that way, and so guess what? I don't act that way either. He says, love them and do all these things, verse 45, so that you might be the children of your father which is in heaven. I want us to look at that phrase, where it says that you may be. What that really means is, it's not that you're going to become a child of God by doing this, but, but that you might be means that you might act like or that you might rightly represent your Father which is in heaven. And so listen, every one of us are human. That slap we talked about last week, it, it hurts and it is degrading to us just like it is to every other person. But when we receive it, whether it be physically or whether it just be uh, symbolically, when, when people act out against us or they, or, or they do evil against us and we decide, I'm not going act, to act towards you in anger. I'm not going to retaliate. What we're doing is we are rightly representing the Father in heaven. We are rightly representing our King in this kingdom. And we are showing them there is something different about me. There's something that I have that you don't. There's a peace that holds me back that you don't have hold of yet. See, this is what our Father in Heaven does. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. He doesn't just let the sun shine on those who acknowledge Him. He doesn't just send water to the crops of those that love Him. He sends good to both. Those that love Him and those who do not. Those that curse Him and those who don't. Those who uh, follow Him and those who reject Him. He does good to both. And likewise, if we are to act like God's children, then we must show kindness to those who have pitted themselves against us. He says in verse 5, that you may be the children of your Father in heaven. Look at this. For He, that ma he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Now I ask a question here in verses 47, 46 and 47. He says, if you love them that love you, what reward do you have? If you only show kindness to those who are kind to you, if you only show love, reward love with those who reward you, uh, what reward do you get out of it? What do you get out of this? Don't even the publicans do the same? Publicans were the most sinful and vile people uh, in the nation just about at that time. I mean, they were really the scum of the earth, the look down upon, uh, used people and, and abused people. And he says, don't even the publicans do that? 
what, what more have you gained by doing this? And if you salute or you greet your brothers only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? If you're walking through work and that guy that just won't get off your back or that, that girl that just keeps gossiping about you in, in the background or, or whoever it may be, that boss that you just can't stand to be around. If you're walking through the company and, and, and when they walk by, you, you let your eyes dart off to the side. You said hi to everybody else. But, I mean, uh, when they come up, that head goes down or you, uh, oh, pull the cell phone out. Oh, yeah, let me see. I checked my time a second ago. Let's see if it's changed any. You know, and, and, and walk on by that person. He says, what have you done that's any different than the rest of the world? I think what he's saying is you be kind to them too. You say hi to them too. You greet them as well. Now, true, you're not going to be acting like anybody else at work, but you will be acting like your father in heaven. And I think that's the goal. Fighting against evil only makes us look like the world. Giving evil for evil only reflects what we used to be. And if we know Christ, then what we used to be has changed. You see, the moment that I trusted Christ as my Savior, my rights for revenge were nailed to the cross with my sin. The old me died. And when the new me came to life, so did the ability to show my enemies the same measure of kindness that God has shown me. Now let's look at the goal in verse 48. Here's the goal. He says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. This verse, I believe, just kind of wraps up the whole entire chapter uh, of chapter 5. It's not simply the goal of this paragraph, just the goal of, uh, of not striking back or loving your enemies, but it's the goal of this whole discourse on being righteous people in a righteous kingdom. This is the goal of the Beatitudes, it's the goal of the law, and it's the goal of these six illustrations that Jesus has given. He wants excellence in His kingdom. To be perfect as our Father which is in heaven is perfect. Now, let me talk about that word perfect just for a second, and then we're going to be dismissing. But I, I want you to listen to what this means. The word perfect here means to be whole, complete, or mature. This is not just about mental maturity or acting mature, although that's definitely a part of it. I mean, if someone says something against you, and you just have to say something back, you know what that's acting like? It's acting like a child. If someone does something back to you, and you just have to retaliate. You cannot hold it back. You just have to retaliate. That's being childish. And so maturity is, is definitely a, an issue here, but the perfect that we're talking about here is more than just physical or mental maturity. This is about spiritual maturity. It's about being so dead to self and so yielded to God that we not only withhold evil responses, but we respond the way that God would. You see, if we're in the kingdom of God, then it's time for us to start acting like the king. And if we're in the family of God, then it's time for us to start acting like our Father in heaven. Many of us, it's just something built in us, something natural that wants to give back when we're given to. And that works with evil as well. We receive evil, we want to give evil back. He says, first of all, you stop. You stop the evil that wants to go back. You, you put a wall there, you submit it to God, and you say, Lord, I, I'm not, I'm not going to act on this, and you withhold whatever retaliation that you want to give. But he does say this. He does say, but you give something back. They slap you, you give them something back. You pray for them. They shove you, you give them something back. You do good to them. Greet them. 
reward them. Do good to them. Do, do something for them. And so, yes, there is a retaliation in one sense, but we're not retaliating with good, we're, or with evil, we're retaliating with, with good and with godliness, with kindness and with love. Now, you may be wondering, what is the, what is the purpose behind it? Why would we need to do this? Because you never know how acting in such a way might influence the one who has done evil to you. How that they may see something different in you and that for the gospel's sake, you may have an opportunity to show them more about Christ and more about the peace that you have inside that is able to withhold vengeance and anger and maybe they'll come to know Christ themselves. I believe that's the goal behind all of this. Even the things that we talked about last week with not retaliating. He says, he says Pastor... Um, when you say that, that we've given up the right to retaliate and, and when we're not to retaliate, do you mean that this is for the gospel's sake? And I said, yes, absolutely. If someone's attacking your family, you defend yourself. You know, I mean, there are situations where, where we must defend ourselves, but, but when holding back and when deciding not to give evil and deciding to give good, when that would benefit Christ and his kingdom and the gospel, then it's right for us to do so. And so we just follow God's leadership on this. And I believe he'll let us know uh, when the right thing, you know, what to do at the right time. But, uh, but hear what, what God is saying this morning. Maybe God's speaking to your heart about this. Maybe you're dealing with an issue right now, uh, and he's just, he's just laid this message on my heart to, uh, to give it to you so you know what to do with it. I ask that you would pray about that, and I ask that you would submit uh, this to God this morning. I'm going to ask us to stand today. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. We're going to have a song that's played. As heads are bowed, eyes are closed, the music begins playing. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for your love and your mercy. God, I thank you for uh, this presentation that's been given to us. I thank you for the way that it touched my heart and perhaps touched others. God, I pray that you would use the message that was preached today as well. And uh, Lord, maybe you have addressed some issues that uh, just need to be addressed this morning. And I pray that you would help us in everything that we do to reflect you and your kingdom and our Father in heaven. Thank you so much for Christ, who when we had reviled him, when we had slapped him in the face and, and spat in his face, that he did not retaliate, but in love he came and gave himself for us. Lord, help us to be willing to give of ourselves in those same circumstances. We're so thankful for everything that you've done. I pray that as you're leading hearts this morning, that you would just bring us closer to you, and if there's even one here today that doesn't know you as Savior, that they would turn from sin and trust Christ. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe God's working on your heart this morning. Maybe there's some issue that He has addressed through the Scriptures. Maybe at, at some point, even before this, this sermon, or maybe in the presentation earlier, in something you've heard in the past, God has let you know that there's a change that needs to be made in your life. Or maybe he's shown you that salvation is something that you need, that you've never really trusted Christ as your Savior, and that's a decision that you want to make. Or maybe you come to know Christ and you've just never been baptized and never really followed him. This is an opportunity for you to respond to those issues, to whatever God may be speaking to your heart about. And I just simply ask that as we offer this invitation that you would respond to God's Spirit 
in God's will this morning. I'm going to give some silence. I'm just going to let the Lord speak to your heart. I simply ask that you would trust and obey whatever it is that He's asking you to do. Amen. Amen. It's great to be in the Lord's house this morning. I believe God's Spirit was moving today, and I believe that um, the Lord has spoken to some hearts this morning. I want to just ask you to uh, leave today. Um, You're going to go out of this door. You're going to go right back to your life. Uh, right back to your homes, right back to your families, or whatever situation that you came out of to, to come here. And I, I want to urge you, don't forget what God has said this morning. Don't, don't let that leave your mind or leave your heart as you go back uh, to the world today. But, but let these things work in your heart. Meditate. Think about these all, all day long. Think about them throughout the week. And allow God to use that and apply it to your heart and shape the way that you react and and the way that you, uh, that you treat others. Uh, we were spoken to very powerfully uh, just a little bit earlier about God's Word and, and meeting the needs of others and, so that we can reach them with the Gospel and be thinking and praying about some ways that God can use you and some ways that God can use our church uh, to do this as well. And uh, let's just pray that God would, would use all these things, every encouragement and every scripture this morning uh, for His will and, and His honor and glory.